All right. Welcome back. This week's episode of Borderline Raptors coming up. Kitsch, the return of Mike Denomi uh, is upon us. Uh, listen, it's uh, a quick digest of the Raptors' uh, plight. Uh, I think we're all in unison on where the Raptors are headed uh, and where, or at least where they should be headed. So we break that down for a little bit. Uh, and then it's into uh, a bit of a master's review. Uh, some gambling uh, insights about golf uh, and my newfound love for not making a cut in a golf tournament. Uh, and then it is uh, our new segment, the rabbit hole uh, onto what drives you crazy. And then uh, a little AOB. So it's uh, we're well under an hour this week and you know, we are, we're excited about uh, where the, the, the pot is headed. So make sure you follow us on Instagram. Uh, under the BLR Raptors uh, handle uh, and on Twitter as well. So you can find us out there. So with that, here comes this week's episode with Kitsch and Denomi uh, and our new play-in music. So here we go. Kitsch! Yellow! Not quite as big as the return of Jack Armstrong, but the return of uh, Michael Denomi. All right, boys. Well, listen, uh, I, I know we had a little pre uh, preamble chatter uh, and how we're going to proceed here today. So I am, I am going to kick things off with uh, a soliloquy of the state of the nation. Um, and it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, that game in its entirety last night and it really is. We're in a state now where the raps, it, they're, they're hard to watch. Like it's, it's almost unenjoyable. Uh, obviously some of the ragtag names were thrown out there, uh, you know, to tank or not to tank. But I now believe uh, clearly the signs, uh, the scriptures have been written. We are in full tank mode. Uh, and I'm basing that solely on the fact that Aaron Baines has not played the last two games. So that's clearly the sign that we are tanking <laughs> now that we've left. We've left Baines on the bench for two games. So clearly uh, it's over for us. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating to watch. Um, you know, Gary Trent is teasing. Obviously, he's very he's, he's in the tease mode with us right now because he was god awful last night. Um, but obviously great in a couple other games, but I, I'm like, the, for me, the jury's still out. And obviously I think we're gonna have to resign him, uh, at, at some stage. Uh, but you know, Pascal, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we, we can talk about that in a second, but yeah, I'm in total sort of like, this is, uh, we're at the end of the road, this whole idea of getting into the 10 seed, which I think we're three games out of the 10 seed right now. I mean, it's over. Like, let's just forget about that. Let's, let's just move on to ping pong balls, uh, rabbit's foots. Uh, any other thing that we need to be lucky to get a top five draft pick, uh, and let's let's play for that. So that's where that's where I'm at. Dano, do you want to uh, you want to chime in with this? this? You've had a week reprieve. Do you want to? Yeah, where I'm looking at it, you know how like coaches after like a bad game they go, you know what? We're just going to ignore that game. We're not going to watch any tape. We're going to ignore it. It's a bad loss, and we're moving on to the next game. The Raptors season is that same scenario. This is the lost season. I was checking some stats, boys, from previous years. We, we made the playoffs eight years in a row. Has any team gone this bad this quick? And I know it's a lost season, but 2013, third, third place, 2014, fourth place. Then we went second, third, first, second, second, and now 11th. And when you look at where we're going to end this season with our win rate, we're going to win with 28 wins probably. That's almost half our wins from last year on a 72-game season. Like, what a disaster. What a lost season. So it's officially a lost season. Let's move on. Let's tank. Tank whatever it is. Let's get in some draft picks. Let's try and get a draft pick. Yeah, maybe maybe Gold State might have had that fall off too once they won and then they got the injuries and they they were probably you probably got a similar similar path there. Well, they had that was last year for them, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. Because the year before, uh, oh. yes, yeah, so they but that, but well, you oh, know injuries. they lost Durant. Yeah, yeah. Well, and free agency, they did lose their best player to free agency. Um, and then you had the what was it? When did the Heat win with Shaq and Wade? Whatever year that was, two thousand. They. I mean, they they were gone the next year. We, right? we I mean, did they, not, sh- they traded Shaq the next year, right? But like, when you think what happened to us, right? Like, we lost Abaka and Gasol. Like, 
we we shouldn't have faltered this much. Again, there's COVID. There's reasons behind it, but it's not as though like like we didn't lose a shack. Like shack is not a soul or anything. Yeah, but you know what? Right. But you know what, Deno, you say that, and I agree. Obviously, we didn't lose that caliber of player. We didn't lose a Durant, right, to fall yeah. off the, to your point. But I do think it's kind of like in the NFL where they talk about, you know, you you got to build the line first before you can do anything else. Because if you can't protect the quarterback, it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is. Well, I'm now, I believe the, the similar analogy with NBA basketball is if you cannot rebound the basketball – and we clearly cannot rebound the basketball. But when you cannot rebound the basketball and you get killed on the, which means you're getting killed on the offensive boards. I mean, that's just, that's crippling. It's crippled us. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I will look it up. But I, I uh, and I'll bring it at some stage, but I believe we have been out rebounded in the large majority of our games this year. And I bet you we've got to be in the top five as far as uh, offensive re- rebounds given up. So uh, like, yeah, you say uh, Baca and Gasol, um, you know, they're not a shack. They're not, but man, they were front line. They were a defensive presence. They were rim protectors and they rebounded the basketball. And that has been, I think our biggest weakness all year. Yeah. So our, like our, our, and I think our defensive intensity is weak. Like guys, guys are not closing out. You, there were, they, even, even Leo and uh, Maddie last night in the game were showing clips of guys just just not even working hard to get through a through a pick or through a cut or, or leaving guys wide open for three when they could have closed out. Like our intensity is not there. Our intensity all of a sudden shows up when we're down by twelve with five minutes to go and we're trying to get back in the game, but we're not coming with that at the beginning of the game. Guys, guys don't need to know. Guys, they need to know the role. I don't think anybody has any distinct role out there. Um, you don't have a like, like. And at the end of the game last night, Boucher throws up a step back three. Okay, somebody's got to say you you could never shoot a step back three Boucher. That's not in your repertoire. So so I think guys have to know the role. I think our intensity's got to be there, and it's just not there. So I'm this team is truly going nowhere. Uh, the the team is the the team is resting guys probably when they're not truly necessary. They need to rest them as long as they have, and they're not hurrying anyone back. Like no, they're not saying we got to get this guy back in the court. They're like yeah, give him another day of rest. Or give him, so so. They've mailed it in, obviously. Um, they can't say they're tanking. They can't really show like they're tanking because that's taboo in the league. But but they are doing all the things to put themselves in a place, I think, not to win, which is uh, which I'm perfectly fine with because I do I do not want to be in tenth place with this team. I, I that's 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 a failure if that happens. I, I I think. Yeah, like we've talked about this before, right? Like who's whose fault? I'm not saying I don't want to point fingers, but like. If I think of how this team was architected for the year, they screwed up, right? So like they didn't get a Bakker or a Gasol. Like I think I think getting Gasol back, we'd be in almost the same spot. And I think Abaka was uh, definitely more more the key. But like they didn't give Nurse the right the right tools to go win, right? Like you can't like he had to go small ball. Like he had to go small ball. Once you go small ball, well sooner or later they're gonna figure it out, or you gotta be shooting uh, at a crazy clip. Like shooting threes at a crazy clip, and our our three point percentage was a disaster again last night. Um, so I kind of point to how this team was actually architected right right from the start of the season. Like we got Baines, we're going, who is this guy? Okay, maybe you like him. He can shoot threes. Well, that was a complete disaster. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I I tend to agree with you that the construction of this team. I I really do believe that two things. Right, I think there was a strategy for the Giannis thing that we've talked about a number of times we won't we won't dive into that and that was what they were balancing for or uh sorry balancing i'm not sure balancing is the right word uh (laughs) that's what they were counting on uh but then i also don't think they expected both those guys to be gone the way they did right i think they thought well we're going to keep one of them uh somehow some way and all of a sudden it was like panic mode because when you think about it once we lost gasol uh and uh, abaca we kind of like all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got Baines. Like it was, it was sort of, it seemed like, holy shit, we better just grab somebody. Uh, and to my point earlier, which I didn't know this, uh, the Raptors are last in defensive rebounding. They are 30th in the league in defensive rebounding. <laughs> Sorry, I should say they're tied for last with Cleveland, 32.1 uh, uh, rebounds per game, defensive rebounds. So they're last, right? There you go. I mean, that's, and you look at the teams that are in the bottom part of uh, defensive rebounding, you've got Houston. Portland, Indiana, Minnesota, Detroit, Sacramento, and Cleveland are the ones that are. About it. So, I mean, I think other than I'm uh, shocked, Portland, Portland. I'm shocked, Portland's there. Yeah, that shocks me. 
Well, they're, I mean, they're small ballish too, right? Yeah, Nurkic is solid in the underneath. But it's one guy. Yeah. You can't have one guy rebound. (laughs) Some teams do. Some teams do. Look at Capella. Capella. Look at Capella. He's a one guy rebounding machine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to chime in really quickly quickly there with Portland, the one thing that keeps them above breast there would be the fact that Enos Cantor is a really good offensive rebounder. So Cantor really grabs a lot of second chance points for them. I was looking at their the team's offensive rebounds to juxtapose with the defensive rebounding, and uh, Port- Portland's and Portland's up there in the top five uh, in the league, ten point six offensive rebounds per game, whereas the Raptors are still in the bottom eight with nine point two. So you compare that and you combine that, I should say, with the fact that we are the tied for the worst defensive rebounding team. We are overall one of the hands down worst rebounding teams across the entire league. And rebounding is what leads to pace. It's what leads to fast breaks. It's what leads to second chance threes. So we're in a we're in a huge problem there. <laughs> uh, I would say well, a couple things. Uh, first of all, use the word juxtapose. I don't think that fits for our audience, Mike. I, I think that's that's con- you've now confused the audience. We'll have to edit that out. Uh, and then the other thing is, I think Kitch said you were, you referenced it was a TSN game last night, and you said Jack, you said uh, Maddie and Leo. It was Maddie and Jack last night. Jack's not going to like that. No yeah. wonder he doesn't listen. No wonder he doesn't listen to the pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. Listen, I think we're one of the worst defensive uh, rebounding teams on the planet across any league. I think we're one of the worst. Like it, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, and so again, I'll go back to that. It, that has been our number one weakness. And I think it's cost us easily a half dozen games. That alone is just, cost, I mean, so if you gave us six more wins right now, we'd be right in the thick of it. And yeah, it's, it's a problem. And Deno, I agree with you. Poor construction. Now you got to question the drafting of Malachi, even though last night when I texted you guys and said, <laughs> Malachi Flynn fucking sucks and he needs to develop a shot. And I mean, and literally eight seconds later, he's bombing threes and he's our, and he's our horse. <laughs> makes, he's our horse. Makes four a row. He's our go-to guy for the last shot. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, but I do, I am definitely the jury's out on him, whether or not he's going to be a, uh, you know, a starting level, point guard in this league i don't know that you can say that yet but it's obviously very early he, he gets you know he gets a couple more years i think to prove himself but it's certainly not obvious that he's going to be a a 10-year starter in the league well, just yet we don't need him for a starter though we need him to come in behind freddie like that's it like we we if we lose lowry if freddie's our starter and he comes in maybe he comes in behind uh behind freddie yeah uh yeah, but I think when you draft someone in the first round like that, late first round, yeah, you hope he's a starter. Right? I, I, yeah, I think they got to be thinking mm-hmm. he's a starter. He's got yeah. starter skills at some stage, right? I mean, Freddie was undrafted and he started. So again, I'm not, I'm not throwing him out just yet. Uh, but he is like he takes a lot of bad shots right now. <laughs> My, right? I, th- yeah, but, I think that's our, I think that's our, our, our mo going into the end of the year. The lousy guys take all the shots. That's what we want. That's that's how we get a better lottery pick. Well, I, yeah, I agree. Except, except, look at so uh, two nights ago. Who was it? Who are they playing two nights ago? Knicks. The Knicks. Right there it was. Oh, the Knicks. One hundred two ninety six right? lost. So here's where I'm going. Here's where I'm going at this point. Yeah, we come back. We get the steal out of the timeout. Oh. But see, see, how come? With an, an incredible, and I'm going to call it, that's the only way I can describe it, an incredible double dribble oh, in that scenario. Oh. Like, there aren't three other guys in the league who would have double dribbled in that environment. And then, like you said, Kitchen over text, he does the whole, like, throws the yeah. circle. First of all, it's not, uh, throws his hand up in the air saying to review. It's not reviewable, first of all. <laughs> yeah. It's not a reviewable call anyway, and he's doing that. And when it's a clear-cut violation, guess what? Nick Nurse, even if it was reviewable, he's not reviewing that, Pascal. <laughs> but my point to that is he is so non-clutch. And then last night, right? Here we come out of the down four. He misses a layup. Yep. Yeah. Right? A layup that you have to make. Yep. What what bothered me the most part about that double dribble, if you think of the Euro step and like what you can do as a basketball player, yeah. you can basically take three steps and you can pause and 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 whatever. Why is he double dribbling? Like, what the heck? Like, start your lamp, pass it off. Like, he got, he gets, I'm um, gets nervous. Uh, I know. Or, oh, my you saw, God. Well, he's a head I case. think it is in his head. He's a head he case. Was looking, yeah, total head case. He was looking to kick it out to Trent, who was in the corner, but then yeah. realized that I don't know what happened to it. But the point is, how many times can this guy in the clutch moment not come through for us this year? I mean, he, this is, it's, 
I, I can't think of one game where you thought at the end of the game, oh, Pascal won that game for us with his cl- like. Yeah, and you can think he's, of a dozen that he's that he hasn't won for us. That's the problem. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it, he is. He is a head case. Last night he was hitting those. You know those shots he never hits. He was hitting some of them last night. I yeah. went, oh my god, that this, this is this is not good because now the rest of the season. He is going to be hitting him at his 5% clip, but he got like three or four of them last night. <laughs> Those pull up 18 footers just outside, just inside oh. the three point line. And oh. you're like, but it, I mean, it was nothing but net, but I, oh, I, I will, was, you know, yeah. to be, to be, uh, give him some credit. God, he made a ton of nice moves oh. uh, inside the paint and finished well for the first three quarters. Yeah. And then yeah. he was a ghost in the fourth quarter. Again, here was 21 mm-hmm. points in the first half finishes with 30. I mean, 30 yes. still a good game. So, so Deno, I, Deno, I think, I think you've got it all wrong. I think you've got it, it sort of um, the wrong mindset here. This is great for the rest of the season. You said this is terrible. For, this is perfect for the rest of the season. He makes these offbeat shots, and he thinks he's good at them. Let him fire him up, and let us lose every friggin' game and get the best goddamn lottery ball we can get out there. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. That's so, a bottom there you line. Go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, you know what? I think that is the bottom line for this this week's uh, raps review. I mean, uh, that's it, right? It's all about the ping pong balls. And from when I tweet out, every time I tweet out now, I'm going to hashtag ping pong. I mean, it's going to be a hashtag ping pong. <laughs> and I and every I, time, and I did a little ping pong research for us. So just just a, oh, go a, ahead. as a quick synopsis here. So the top the top four teams get. 54% of the balls. So the top, or sorry, the bottom four teams get, get 54% of the balls. We're probably not going to fall in the bottom four. I, I, like it, we'd have to, it, it would have to go horrifically wrong. And some team would have to come on for us to fall behind Houston, Minnesota, Detroit, and Orlando. Those four are probably going to finish, finish behind us. Then, then you take the fifth last team. The fifth last team gets a 10% chance. The six is nine. The seventh is seven and a half, and the eighth is six. I think we fall in there. I think we can get ourselves to to eighth, eighth. Like right now, we're the eighth worst team in the league. Um, OKC, Sacramento, Cleveland, Washington are all within a game of us. So we we just have to do worse than one of those four teams. We get in the bottom. We get in the bottom eight. We're between ten and six percent of getting that first lottery pick. Gives us a chance. Once you get out of that next bracket of four and you get the other ones, then you're down to three and two and one and a half percent. So you're, you, you go down exponentially after that. So we want to stay definitely in the bottom eight, bottom seven. If we can get in the bottom four, that's golden. That is, that is ideal. So I think, I think our pods have to focus on now going forward. How do we get to the bottom four? How do we, I think that's going to be a, a key topic. <laughs> <laughs> how do we construct a bottom four team for the rest of the season? Well, guys, I, think we got, I think we got one. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have the, uh, the the roster to do it like we have the, we have the bench to do it oh my god you know what it it is like watching a ymca league team out there sometimes you see those you're just like who are these guys well last night last night they had a lineup and i said i don't think a player on the court could make another playoff team but like like their roster like i don't think they could make someone's <laughs> roster it was just oh it was embarrassing I feel like I feel like we've signed a bunch of guys that were on some sort of uh, reality TV show. Where at the end of it, they got, at the end, of, the winning prize was a ten day contract in an NBA team. <laughs> I think I think our interview is: Are you confident in shooting all the time? And I think if they say yes, they say, "Okay, you're on our roster." Because we got a lot of guys who have a lot of confidence who just can't seem to play the game that well. Well, I'll tell you what: we are the all horrible dribbling team. <laughs> Wait, look at OG, OG and Pascal cannot dribble. They cannot dribble the basketball at the NBA level. It is ridiculous how many times they bobble it and they're trying to go. It's like they're doing that drill where you got two hands in front, two hands in back with the basketball back and forth. It's like, what is going on out here? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike's Mike's uh, showing us his, his throw. I don't know. Sure. It's a throw. I'm not sure. OG has a throwback uniform just yet, but he's, he's on the OG. He's got the OG today. It's, 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 it's his uh, dribbling. It's his dribbling uniform. All right, listen, we got to move on. Today's a quick episode. Okay. So we got to move okay. on. Right, we, we, have, uh, we have killed uh, the Raptors. Yeah, we've exa- I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Uh, and, and the Raptors are exhausting. So so there you go. So it's over. Did, it's did, over. Did, uh, Donald, did you have a Raptors thing you are going to pipe in on today? Did you said that last night? I'll save for next week. Okay. All right. Oh, say, oh yeah. But yeah, you know what? Because we're have nothing to talk about next week. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Save, save us focusing on the bottom four. Focusing on the bottom <laughs> yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. How to get to the bottom four will be our segment next week. How to get to the bottom. 
Uh, all right, listen. So that uh, that gets us right out of the world of basketball because I think we're not even talking anything else NBA this week. Uh, we're gonna go quickly. We're gonna dive into a quick Masters. Uh, Actually, Bart, review. Bart, we should probably mention Jamal. We should probably we should probably and and in, in the NBA Jamal Murray. We should probably bring him up for a, for a second year, like the devastation of that. And, well, we could, yeah. I mean, it's really more devastating for uh, our Olympic uh, hopes, which I think you want to bring up in AOB. But yeah, I mean, the Jamal Murray injury uh, it certainly devastates whatever hopes uh, the Nuggets had of doing anything this postseason. But yeah, and you know what? It was pretty benign the way it happened too. Here's a guy like it wasn't like he was touched or got hammered and fell awkwardly. I mean, he was taking a hard step to the basket and his knee just crumpled. It really like I was talking to the boys about it here, like. Every one of those NBA players, they really are one play away from it just being over. I'm not saying it's over for his career, but I'm just saying you're, I don't think you're ever the same uh, when you come back from those types of injuries. Uh, you might get to 98% night, but still, it's just never 100%. So, yeah, that that was tough to watch for Jamal. I, I felt uh, I felt bad yep. for that. Yep. So, right, good. Uh, so that's it. Yep. That's all you want. That's just my, yeah. my view on, my view, view on the Jamal. Jamal. Yep. You, got, you covered it for us. It's good. <laughs> It's an NBA topic. An NBA yeah, topic. I know. I know. We're, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the Masters. Dano, did you watch the Masters? I watched uh, all Sunday. Yeah. Would you rank it as one of the least exciting Masters in the last 10 years? I would. And every every major, I would say, just at the end, have like going in the back nine. Like, you know, it's going to be a lot of drama and stuff. And and that that big lead, you know, just made it. Again, it was still watchable. Like the like you you had to watch the ending though, right? Like you had to watch if you if you stopped uh, at hole twelve, you definitely missed some um, some possible drama. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, I think uh, Matsuyama's caddy might need a little bit of a talking to here as as to how to keep your player folks. The fact when Matsuyama hit that hit that shot for two on, on with a four stroke lead on fifteen goes for the green. Throws it in the water to the back, and I'm like, "What? Where? What kind of decision making is that? Like, why would you not lay up and just get on? You're you're protecting a four shot lead, and uh, so that that made it exciting. And then Shoffley obviously pressing and hit a shot he's never hit before. He said and threw it in the water on 16, and that kind of just ended it after that. But if Shoffley oh, had, if Shoffley had it done something on 16, oh. that would have been that would have been really good last last three holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's I think that's the whole point is that Shoffley saying he's hitting a shot he's never hit before. Bullshit. He's hit that shot every year he's playing. Oh. That's the easiest that's the easiest shot they have in those last three holes. Yeah, but he, he right so, you throw it to the right, you suck it back in. Yeah. He 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 gagged is as far as I'm concerned. I, I'm not joking. I had literally just said to the boys as we were watching together, I'm like they were showing I think Johnny's like, oh look at the water on 16. I'm like Johnny that water on 16 never comes yeah. into play. Right? <laughs> never. You don't ever never. see balls Ever, ever. Honestly, the last one I remember of any significance is Norman's back in 96 when he, that was the end of it for him. But you never see that water to the left come into significant. And then next, I mean, literally 12 oh. seconds later, right. two bounces. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess you do see it. You're okay. get, I you, mean, you're getting good at that part. You're getting good at that. Did you hear his yeah. interview afterwards or the, the, like the next? I day? did. Yeah, I he, did. And like he, he basically said he hit exactly the shot he wanted to hit. And I'm going, well, if that was the case, but on the green, you jackass, right? So <laughs> yeah, I actually I went, I actually went on YouTube and I slowed down his his swing. He hit way behind that ball, like he got so much dirt, right? So like and like and like, did did anyone else go in the water? Like they were showing that hole almost the whole day. No one else went in, and he said. He hit it exactly like he hit it. Like, just say you didn't. Like, just say say you didn't hit it yeah, right. I know, I know, but he can't, right? Because he's got the crazy dad. You heard that story all weekend, right? But his dad's yeah. like total batshit crazy. Like, threw his second place trophies out. Like, melted them down. Right, <laughs> all that shit. Like, so I think he's probably terrified of like admitting that he hit a bad shot because his dad's probably waiting for him in the parking lot. Yeah. So yeah, the, I mean, for the weekly beating. Yeah, there are mental issues that came into play there. But I also think that's what comes into play. Like he got tight. Here he was. What's his face? Matsuyama bogey's 15. He birdies 15. He's He's got the, all the momentum in the world. Matsuyama, now he doesn't know it at the time, but uh, Matsuyama's hitting that shot regardless, way out to the right. Yeah. He puts the, he pars that hole. Things change dramatically, mm-hmm. right, for him. And that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that is the beauty of Augusta. Where yep. the, you know, the old, it doesn't start till the back nine on Sunday, except this was like watching a U.S. Open where everyone was just cratering, 
right? There was not yeah. like there was a barrage of no one made a real charge. Yeah. It was like Matsuyama just kept coming back to the field to kind of make it interesting where no one else actually did anything to really pressure him. Everybody bogey three of his last four? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 15, Generally 15 speaking, 16, 18, yeah. I will guarantee you he is the first winner in the last 20 years to bogey three of his last four <laughs> on Sunday and win. Yeah, I guarantee I agree. I agree. If we had, you know what, if we had any kind of production team at all, they'd have that stat for us right now. But apparently, apparently we don't. Apparently, yeah. Our production staff's busy eating at the moment. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So other than that, listen, but can I just tell you the mat, this masters, this will be, can, this will be part of our, our backyard gambling segment. It's opened my eyes to my new favorite bet. Mm-hmm. My new favorite bet is the bet not to make the cut. I that is riveting for the first two days of a golf tournament. As a glass half empty guy, I can see you like that. I can see oh, like, oh, yeah. got. Listen, I hit the big one, uh, twelve to one. I hit uh, Westwood. I I parlayed Westwood and um, Rory. Rory, Rory yeah. twelve to oh. one, and it hit, baby. And it, I'll tell you what, it was awesome to watch. Now I got screwed on a couple other ones. Poulter, my big, oh, my big one that I call door. Poulter, and oh, <laughs> backdoor Poulter. He was six over at one stage. <laughs> yeah, he rallied. He rallied. Oh, he totally. Did. All he needed was a bogey the last three holes, and I was good. That would have been the Wolf Poulter. But I'll tell you, I'm already in for this week. I've already done it for this week oh, for the uh, Heritage. I love it. Wait, I know you're going. Don't boo. Like, don't boo when a guy makes a putt. When a guy makes a oh, putt, I'll be, oh, I'll be cheering. I'll be cheering the missed putts for sure. <laughs> I'll be, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that so that's that's a big win for me coming out. I, I don't think I've ever done that before. So the, uh, I will. I think every week I'm going to enlighten you with who I've bet to not make the cut of this week's PGA tournament. So and what I learned from this, and I've said in the past, and we should stick to it. We should never bet the winner for golf until Sunday. Like we never. don't don't bet. Don't make these Thursday Thursday bets on the winner for golf. That's that is a ridiculous thing to do, and we we don't. always do it, and it never well, hardly ever comes in. But you know what we really missed this Sunday? I agree with that. But you know what we missed this Sunday, too? I was shocked that Matsuyama was minus 120. Only 120 yeah. with a yeah. four-shot yeah. lead. Yeah, We should have – I mean, I, I bet it, but I didn't bet enough. Uh, yeah. But we should have hammered that. I hammered we, it, and, and my anal sphincter got a little tight on 15. But, yeah, I, I did hammer that. But like, yeah, well, but I, those, those odds actually really don't make a lot of sense. Right. It, if that was a top dog, if that was like um, DJ, um, a DJ or something, it'd been, been like minus 400. Yeah. But if you think of that, it, it opened at minus 110. They're basically saying 50 percent of the time he's not going to he's not going to win. So yeah. Even money. It was a coin toss. Yeah. 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 Like that's those, those odds are crazy. But I think it was that he has a one in was it, was it three years, guys, or four years? Three. Three years. Yeah. yeah. Three years. He did, he did have some good some good talent. But, um, trying to catch him, but yeah, I thought that that like that that should have been minus one sixty or one seventy or something. Oh my think. god, I would have thought I would have thought minus two fifty ish. It's not mm-hmm. like there was a it's not like there was a real uh, you know sort of proven guy chasing him. Yeah, right. I mean, like who was out there to go get him? Like what would Justin Rose, Rose have been? Yeah. Rose, so what would he have been with that four shot lead? Three oh with a four shot lead. Yeah, yeah. Minus, what would they had him at minus three hundred, minus two fifty. Yeah, two fifty three hundred. Yeah, like. 250, I'm telling you, that was that was. I wish I'd hit that one harder. I, sh- I totally should have. But you know what? I get sucked into the all the comeback odds. I love the comeback. I know odds. you do. That's so much more exciting. I know you do. We, it is. We, we are well aware of the fact you like that, Martin. We know. We know that. <laughs> Spieth. Spieth. Oh, you know what? There's another guy, right? I mean, Spieth does any like he kind of had his chances where he. Just, I mean, he did birdie 15 uh, when he had all the momentum going, hits a bad shot on 16, leaves it up top. Like he was right there. All of a sudden post 10 under. That's what I said. I'm like, I think if someone can post 10 under, they're going to have a chance here. I think speed is like Pascal. I think speed and Pascal are kind of the same. All right. So we should just quickly talk about, uh, Zalatoris, right? Because we should, any golfer that weighs 96 pounds on tour, we should talk about six feet, six feet two, one sixty five. Oh, like that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Funny. He's one sixty five. He's six. No he's six. Oh, he's six two. If he's six two, he's got to yeah. be one sixty five. That's a big. No, he doesn't. That's tall. I was six. You. I was six three one eighty five coming to high school. I was a pole. Like I was a pole six three one eighty five. So so he's he, like you can't be a lot skinnier than that. We had uh, like I had him as Matthew McConaughey in, in Dallas uh, Dallas Buyers Club. That's what I thought he looked like for the longest time. He looked gaunt. <laughs> uh, but then the guys came up with. Uh, uh, Happy Gilmore's caddy. Remember Happy Gilmore? Oh, His caddy. There's a bit. They. Oh my God. They look identical to the point where Sandler, 
on Sunday tweeted out, uh, good luck to my caddy, uh, the final round. <laughs> so, uh, so go back and watch Happy Gilmore. And he looks exactly All like right, the guy. Right. All right. Well, so, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but I'll tell you what, you want a little, you want a little prediction? Zalator is not to make the cut this week at the Heritage. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Imagine, imagine what his week's been like. Yeah. He's oh. just, yeah, no, no chance. That's a big paycheck for him too. Like guys, how much, how much is second oh. masters? Is, is it almost a mil? Oh. It's almost a minute. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. No, it's a big, that's a big day. I think, and now he's, now he's qualified. He's all the pressures off of everything. And he's good. Yeah. So Bart, uh, Bart, I like that one. If I was him, I'd be skipping your, your golf tournament and heading right to Sin City, baby. That's where I'd be <laughs> oh going. <laughs> totally. You know what? But uh, when you, like I said, I think that's a problem. When you, uh, when you look like you have a heroin problem, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you're overly appealing to the rest of the world to hang out with. Uh, all right, let's go. We uh, so that's that's our that's our masters because we're we're gonna be in it. we're out of here in 15 more minutes. So it's gonna be quick. Uh, all right, what's uh, Kitch? What's next on the agenda? Rabbit hole. The rabbit hole section. Oh, so let me introduce the new, uh, which will be a weekly segment. So, a couple things on this. Deno, pay attention. Uh, Deno has found this, uh, he's got a story for us that is basically a rabbit hole. And everyone knows what the rabbit hole is like you get stuck into it. You know, you go into the, you go to the online to look at something. Next thing you know, you're down, it's three hours later and you've gone to all these dark uh, places on the internet and you don't even know what you've done for the past three hours. My wife is a, is uh, an expert at it, but not quite the expert of our guest next week. We are bringing the first ever rabbit holer on next week, Rob Marcotte, and he is going to, he will... He will awe you with some of the shit he has found on the internet. Um, doesn't it doesn't have is, to always be dark. It can be a, this is just, it can yeah, be a no, story. It can, it can be a story. No, it doesn't have to be dark, but it can be anything like just like oh, I ran I ran into this story I never otherwise would have never found. Other than the fact that I've been clicking through websites for the last uh, ninety five <laughs> minutes, and here we go, I, I found this. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't have to be dark. No, actually, none of ours are dark. Ours are no. the two that we have today. But what we're going to do. Uh, so we're going to start rotating each each week after this week. One of us is going to bring a rabbit hole to the other two, and then we can then we're going to talk about it. All right, okay. All right. It's kind of like the uh, that podcast with Bateman, uh, Will, uh, our future guest, Will. What's his name? Arno. Will Arno. No. Will Arnett. Arnett. Arno. Arno. He doesn't know. He doesn't know a French vineyard. He's, he's from Quebec, <laughs> man. That's where he's from now. <laughs> Will Arnett and uh, Sean Hayes, because every week they bring on a guest that the other two don't know about, and that's the, that's the whole concept of their their show. So this will be it. You got one of us will bring the rabbit hole. The other two of us won't know about it, and then we'll talk about it. All right. So Deno, uh, your rabbit, and I've got. So we're, but this week we're doing two because we. I got one too. I got two. Oh, we're we're doing three. We're doing three. Okay. So Deno, why don't you start us off with your rabbit hole? Yeah, mine's a quick one. So it was uh, re- related to the Masters. So I saw this on Barstools just through a WhatsApp group I'm in. Someone posted it. So they were asking for just crazy stories about what's happened, um, you know, about the Masters in general. So two different people submitted this. So these people um, got, got a hole-in-one when they were playing playing the Masters. It's just a regular regular people as guests they were guests yeah, so they, yeah. they were playing a guest round. yeah yeah they're playing guest round and for those that, for those that, that have been to the masters you can't take any electronics right w- when you're going to watch it when you're playing around there i guess they allow one person to force them to bring a camera so these two people actually got hole in ones they're allowed to take a picture and stuff what the masters um group did is that they actually sent them in the mail um, a painting of their hole in one, like an actual painting of it. I'm sure it was an oil painting. It was done amazing. And along with it came an invoice saying, if you want to, if you want to keep this picture, it's $50,000. So $50,000, the masters has sent this to you. So imagine getting that in the mail, right? I've been like, unbelievable. Oh my God, what do you do? Right. So I guess both people decided, you know what? Like I got I got to keep it. Like I got I got to keep it. So they advised the masters that they that they're going to keep it. The masters then wrote them back saying because you you love the masters so much, do you want to become a, a member? So that's so, quite, quite the story. I think yeah, so I think what they uh, I think what you said earlier in the week uh, over time was that they were or the guy on the clip said that they because you were willing to invest yeah. fifty thousand dollars into painting, yeah. we now appreciate how how much oh, this really up. means to you. Yeah. Therefore, uh, we're willing to extend 
an offer of membership to you. Yeah. So I, I mean, I watched the, the clip and I was like, wow, it is a great story. Yeah. And he, the guy was like two independent people have verified it. This happened twice. I still don't think I believe it. I still don't think I believe like that's impossible. <laughs> that is impossible. So it'd be a master's thing though. That would be a master's thing. So I, yeah, it's kind of, believable yeah, but, that, but it would be out there by now. Right. Don't you think that would have, that would have slipped through the cracks at some stage before. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think it's true, but it's I mean, what's a, what's a membership cost? I can't imagine it's free. Who cares? It's probably so not, buy, it's, it's probably not much though. Cause everything that yeah. they, like, they're not worried about costs there. Like they, they, they you sell hot dogs at, for a dollar there. Yeah, they got food and yeah. beverage there, and they no what? no corporate tents, nothing like they. No, no, I, I get I, I get that. I understand, guys. I'm, this is not my first time talking about the Masters. I understand how it operates over there. However, <laughs> what I what I'm trying to tell you, they they still have to pay for shit, right? Uh, I think, and I, I think like, the Masters pays for shit for remember, the for the rest of the year. Or do you remember like 10, 15 years ago where they'd only televise after four o'clock, whatever? Because they're just saying, I don't care. I don't I don't you know care about that revenue, right? You don't ever think there's a membership assessment. We got po- we, we to pony up. They're going to put some more azaleas in on uh, yeah, hole 13. Yeah. You don't think that you don't think that comes into play? All right, maybe. Well, you know what? When we uh, when one of us becomes a member, we're getting a hole in one there. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll find out. Uh, all right. Listen, my rabbit hole. Uh, I don't even know how I I don't even remember coming across this, and I didn't even think about it until after Deno sent this go, and I fe- thought this was an idea for a segment, but. Shockingly to me, I am surfing whatever I'm surfing, and I see something, a headline which talks about the ginger assassin. So as soon as I see ginger assassin, I'm immediately in. Of course, I wasn't thinking it was a bowling story when I saw that. (laughs) But as it turns out, the ginger assassin is some guy, some professional bowler. Uh, And last week, last weekend, for only the fourth time on TV, which this this blew my mind. Yeah, I was shocked by that. He... He hit the seven ten split, and for us non bowlers, the seven ten split are basically the two pins furthest yep. away uh, that you leave, and that it's the impossible split. But I can can you believe that was only the fourth time in the history of televised professional bowling that that had happened? That, yeah. that blew me away. Yeah, I was shocked when I saw it fourth time. Fourth, I, I thought I thought these guys did it regularly. I didn't realize that it was an anomaly. Well, but then when you saw the replay of him doing it, when you acted, you watch the clip yep, of him yeah. doing it, yeah, yeah. like. Did you see what that pin had to do to go get the other pin? Like that was, yeah. Now it makes a little more sense how hard that really is. Yeah, you know what? Part. Next time I bowl, I'm going to stop trying to go for that because it's impossible for me to get. I'll just take the one. I'll get the one pin. <laughs> Bart, I'll take the seven out. Bart, when you sent the article and it said Ginger Assassin, I thought it was a new drink because everyone knows I love the dark and stormy. I was thinking ginger <laughs> beer and what else? Like the Assassin. Oh. And then I you know watched what? it and was bowling. That's my drink, Deno. Um, you know, I that's like a, you. That's my drink, Deno. I like it. Yeah, baby. Uh, all right. Well, that makes that makes uh, two of you who like Deno. Um, so, I I agree. But now I I think the assassin's a regular theme on our show now. Jack used it last week. The faceless th- assassin. The faceless, now we get the ginger. That, was good. Yeah. that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, all right, Kit, your your rabbit hole. So I I've been I've been watching lately. I've been watching some uh, some boxing documentaries. And uh, so I was I was searching for some. Oh, what, what, what I'm what I'm gonna what am I gonna watch next? And I came across the Arturo Gotti Mickey Ward fight number one round nine. So that that was that was something just come fight number one round nine. Probably one of the best rounds in boxing. So something that I saw on on uh, on a YouTube YouTube uh, YouTube site with regards to that. So I watched it. it was great. And I thought, I'm going to look into this further. And there, and I came across a documentary that I put you two guys on, which was the Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward. It was about an hour, an hour long, an hour and 10 minute long documentary on their three awesome fights. Um, probably one of the greatest documentaries I've watched in, in history. And even, even, even the broadcast, like Jim Lampley's on there, big, big, big long-term, um, broadcaster for boxing and he's in tears telling the story he's actually in tears when he's actually telling the story about 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 the situation larry merchant gets on there another big another big um boxing analyst and says one, one of the best he's ever had in his in his career so well worth the watch because that the rabbit hole took me down to that um to it's called legendary knights uh Gotti ward decent decent show yeah i mean hbo so hbo uh what, what so when you said that link to me i further rabbit holed it uh, and then I found there's like 50 of these HBO legendary fight night, uh, ones there was, uh, Jerry Cooney against, uh, Holmes, Holmes was, was one. There's a, there's a Tyson one on like there. So 
there's like 50 of these things, which are all great. So I, yeah, I watched the whole thing, uh, loved it. But as I, this is what the fighter, the movie, the fighter was based on, uh, Mickey Ward's, um, life basically. Yeah. And that fight for where he wins, the, cause he wins fight one, uh, which is sort of his big moment and where he made all his money or he made all his money in the second fight. But yeah, that round nine, if you've never watched it, just go YouTube round nine, Mickey Ward, uh, a Turagati uh, first fight. It's it is the most incredible round of boxing I have ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school boxing. Like they keep their gloves at their waist. There's no there's no defense. They just throw. They they both throw haymakers for the full round. But no, no yeah. But what was what was amazing about it is how the one guy would be stunned. You think okay, he's about to get knocked out, and then literally 15 seconds later, he's the one about to knock out the other guy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it was. Uh, it was. Re- it really is right out of a make believe yeah. fantasy Rocky movie round. Yeah. Rocky Five, or is it Rocky Five? Oh, Rocky Five, the brawl, the street brawl. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, so Kitch, thank you for that. Uh, all right, that's it. That's uh, that's the rabbit hole. But I'm telling you, ne- next week Marcotte's coming on for the rabbit hole segment, and look out, we might need we might need an hour and a half just for that. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, which eyes crazy? Dano, do you have one this week? Well. I have two actually because I was I was uh, not allowed to join last week and they're both quick. They're both quick. Okay, so um, I was. Uh, hey, hold it. Can I just say, just be listen. Jack asked that you not be on due to some of the personal issues you guys have. So I mean, I, listen, we have to we have to adhere to our guest request. Sorry, Jack, Jack loves me as a son. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not saying I could be a son. Um, so so, anyways, I was assembling. Um, a battery operated truck that I got for my, uh, for Nash, my three-year-old. And I was thinking to myself, who put these freaking instructions together? Like when you could, if you're going to go do instructions, get someone who doesn't know how to build something to actually do the instructions. There were arrows pointing everywhere. There was like six different products to go, which are product A, B, C, D, or E, or is it a one drive, two drive had all this shit on it. And I'm going, this is crazy. So I go to YouTube, can't find it, whatever. So what drives me crazy, it's like anything. Get someone who doesn't know how to assemble stuff to go build the instructions so that anyone, including myself, can actually build it. So Park, that drives me crazy. Well, hang on a second. Can I just say I, something? I like that. I, I have zero empathy for you. All right. Here's let me tell you why. You're doing this in your 50s where you're supposed to be much more mature, relaxed, like, you know, at peace with the world a little bit more. Try doing that shit in your late 20s and early 30s when you're not mature. You're probably hungover doing all that shit for your kid. You're not you're not emotionally equipped to be doing that stuff. I've ruined so many mornings with that sort of shit. Yeah, I hear you. I agree with you, Dino. Okay. You you saying I'm mature, I'll take this as a compliment. So my next one, my next one. So for those that joined the pod three, four weeks ago, I always give some rental rental story updates. So I talked about oh, this Kentucky Russ. Kentucky Russ liked it. Yeah. So I talked about this this water issue I had with a previous tenant where the city called me saying, Now I I take over um his outstanding water bill. And I, I couldn't believe it. So my tenant went and paid up what he owed. And there's this extra like five, 600 bucks that happened after he left. And we we don't know what it is. So the city goes, we'll bring someone over to kind of go and test to see what happened. And we'll get back to you. So the city goes and sends me a bill. Sends me a bill for the test. And they didn't give us results yet. And I'm going, okay, if the results come back and and it's your fault, right, or whatever, like how's this work? So I got a bill for $200, $200 bill to go test what the issue is. And, and, they, and they haven't told me yet, is it our fault or my fault? And I'm going, what is this? Like, how is this run? I don't understand it. We've never, um, we've never had a two-parter, uh, what drives you crazy. It's like a follow-up. <laughs> we, we almost need like a previously on what drives you crazy yeah, to catch up. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, that's just, wow. it's unbelievable how they, like, if that was a business, it, it, imagine a business doing that, you as a customer, you'd go, I'm done with you. Like, I am so done with, done with you and stuff. Like, how they can actually send me a bill for 200 bucks and not tell me the results. <laughs> uh, listen, though, it's a, it's a rough go for you these days. Yeah. 
All your home issues. Jeez. All right. Uh, Kitsch. Mine's a little lighter, but it's it's. Uh, oh. So I, I went to buy three things online this week. Got right to the end of buying all three things online, and then at the end, all three of them said only ships to the U.S. As a manufacturer or a builder of a product, and you and you want to sell have an online presence, you want to sell your online presence. Would you not think you'd have something in place to have it go outside of your border to? other parts of the world where you can make more cash and, and, and build the brand over your, for your, for your product or like, come on, that drives me crazy. How difficult is it to ship from the U S to Canada? Not very difficult, not very difficult at all. So that drives me crazy. That's my drives me crazy for this week. Well, so yeah, that happens all the time. And I agree. I, I just don't understand why another company hasn't stepped in to fill that gap to say, well, Hey, let's think only ships in the U S will be your U S address, ship it here. And then we'll get across. I think there are things obviously that, that do exist, but that's cumbersome as well. But I agree with you. It doesn't make sense. It, you know, North America, right? It's North America. It's not like we're asking to ship it to fucking, you know, Iceland. some, yeah. yeah <laughs> some province off of China. I mean, it's like, it's, we're stones throw away. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Oh. There you go. Uh, you know what? Can I just say it was a nice uh, change not to have the government involved in yours? <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I still don't like the government. I still don't like the government. Oh, but you know what? That actually could be governmental. That it is. Whole government it probably is. It's yeah. probably a customs probably. thing. It's probably a customs yeah. thing. That's like, that's like it totally is. It totally is. <laughs> uh, all right. Mine's uh, quick. Here's the deal. If you are driving and you have to make a left-hand turn and you're at a stoplight, that stop, uh, and that stoplight has the color green on it, which means you can go, but I get it. If there's oncoming traffic, you don't want to go. Totally understand that. However, nothing stops you from pulling out to the middle of the intersection to get ready to make the left-hand fucking turn. Standing back at the white line behind everything, waiting, 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 waiting for then the light to turn yellow and then ultimately turn. I don't think people know this. It's going to ultimately turn red, which means you can't go then. The number of times it happens to me, that person doesn't pull out and then they don't end up making the turn on that light because there's too much traffic the whole way time. You always pull out. You always, always, always pull out. And if that light goes red, you're in the middle of the intersection. Guess what? Everyone realizes you're about to go. I love it. It's unbelievable the number of times that's happened to me. We're on that second car because I'm a believer in it's a two car go, mm-hmm. right? You pull out the car behind you and you're both making that light. Nope, not here. Yeah. Not where I live. I love that yeah. part. That's that's right in my alley. That's right at my camp. Bro. You're coming to my side with that one. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. But it's crazy. Who doesn't do that? People who does not pull people out? People who drive 90 in the first day in the 401. Those people. <laughs> Those people who do it. Bart, can you get like some real issues? Like this that's is... a great issue. I love that. Come one. That's a, on. that is, I love that's that. A real one. world issue. I love. That's it. an every man's. That issue one drives right me there. crazy, Bart. I love that one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank well, you. Well, you two are kind of married, so I don't think those issues uh, are, are relatable. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, we're we're almost done here. We're out of here. Uh, anyone have AOB? I have one for. AOB. I do. I got. I got quick ones. First one. So should the uh, should the Tokyo Olympics happen? They did. I read yesterday. They did a poll. Seventy-two percent of the people who live in Japan want the want the Olympics postponed or canceled. Seventy-two percent. They they've had the vaccine slow vaccine rollout like Canada, and they just said we don't want the Olympics. So imagine that seventy seventy-two percent of the population does not want the Olympics to happen in their country. That doesn't bode well for for Olympics. That should make for a great event. (laughs) All right. Shout out to uh, Slacker. Slacker was on my house the other day, and uh, and Slacker's into he's been buying some of these hockey cards. And I said, well, mm. Slacker, I got some hockey cards in here, so I gave him a shoebox full of hockey cards, like this is just pile of shoebox, all mishmash. <laughs> so I, I noticed today, right now, that my Mario Lemieux card is now on eBay and is currently bid at twenty one hundred dollars US for that card, and uh, still four days left until uh, until that that expires. So so somehow in that shoebox. Slacker has found this gem that he figures is going to be worth twenty five hundred to three grand by the end of the, by the end of the end of the auction. Like, yeah, all right. But you, you're saying it's yours? Yeah, it's a it was a Marilyn Mew rookie card. Yeah, how, why is it yours? Why is it not Slacker's? Because it was in my basement. It was in my card in my basement. He came over. Why does, and I had a shoebox full of cards, and he, he I could take these cards and tell me if there's anything worth. And he's now got it selling for one of the one of the cards selling for twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, are you? Is it? Is he? Is he keeping one hundred percent of the fee, the he, revenues? Oh, you guys... No, we're split. It's fifty fifty. He's doing all oh, the. Oh fuck that slacker! What? It's my 50, 50. It's my card. It's my. But you card. had no idea. 
You had no idea. Doesn't matter. I, he, yeah, he's it totally doing, He's doing the leg yeah. work, and I, it's my card. That's 50 50. Soccer should have 90 90 anyway anyway it's going towards a, a trip fund oh that's, my. that's trip fund money which slacker will be on with me so it's really it could be 110 100 zero it doesn't <laughs> doesn't really matter yeah well it does matter it does matter you're you know what you're that's that's bad people territory you know what that is bad yeah that i don't like that slacker i'll call you whose card is it it was it's my card like he, he, i I've, I've looked after that card in that shoe box for 20 years <laughs> yeah so it's that shoe box right behind you isn't it so bart slacker slacker told us to get this card evaluated through yeah. this through his company 300 dollars us to, for them to go to go grade it grade because it, yeah. any because anyone who's buying is going to say hey was it graded by you know, company X, yeah, whatever, yeah. 300 US to get it graded. That's crazy. That's cutting that into my profit. Crazy. That's cutting into my profit. Yeah, I should hope so. I'm, you know, it probably isn't. Probably only cutting into Slacker's That's right. That's good. I'll have to bring that up with them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Slacker. One more, one more thing to negotiate here. Uh, all right. Listen, quickly for me. So, uh, plant-based Canuck was one of the guys who asked a question last week for, uh, Jack. Yep. And, uh, I reached out to him after saying, Hey, cause I, I assumed he was a first time listener, which he was. Uh, and so I was like, just let's get some feedback here, uh, of, of, um, and so to his credit, he wrote me a very, very detailed analysis of what he thought of the show. And I thought I would, uh, share some highlights with yes. you of the, um, good rapport. Okay. Like the fact that we didn't. Uh, run over our guests by interrupting him all the time, which you know what? Hard to do with Jack. Really hard to do with Jack. <laughs> but that was good. Uh, in fact, at one point, I remember thinking to myself how nice it was that Jack was allowed to go on at length uninterrupted. That's what he wrote. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, but one thing he said he didn't like, he says, I don't know what your numbers are. And while I appreciate self deprecating humor, the only real constructive feedback I would have is simply scale back on the reference that half heartedly paint the podcast as minor league. You reference 12 listeners. I get the humor, but it just giving you a heads up, my first time listener, it stuck out in my mind. Uh, honestly, as Jack stated, you guys have something there. So there you go. Uh, treat it big. Treat it big. Make it sound big. Identifiable bumper stick. Uh, oh, identifiable bumper music on either side and uh, on either side of the end into in, in, out of each pod. So there you go. Uh, so, but yes, and as light, he left us with. But yeah, Dave. Overall, I liked the format. The banter was good. I liked what drives you crazy segment. Uh, I obviously appreciate that you put a call out to me. So there you go. So that's uh, so. We're out there, baby. People awesome. are finding us. Fake it, fake it, till, <laughs> fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> fake it till you make it. So I would just like to, as we close out here, I would just like to thank our millions and millions of listeners yeah. uh, this week yeah. that we will be back next week uh, and for many, many, many weeks in years to come. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, with that, uh, we are out of here. Uh, Dan, why don't you take us? Why don't you take it away this week? Take it away, Quack. <laughs> Kawhi up top looks at the clock turns the corner for the win